welcome, 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 welcome to five. <laughs> 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 you welcome, welcome to five six one music. How are you, Hector? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I, well, I was okay until he sabotaged my amazing opening. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's the theme of the show, right? Sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose this one is like, you know, it kind of is the theme of the show because last week we had a, uh, a bit of a disaster and mm-hmm. um, it, the episode ended up not getting recorded. So we are recording this now on a Tuesday night yeah. and we're, do, we're doing it again. Well, it was a technical issue, but... We're going to claim that the guests sabotaged the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it was their fault, 100%. I don't think there's just any question about it. No, exactly. <laughs> so uh, for the rest of the interview, we're going to be very sternly questioning 59 Shop. How's it going, fellas? <laughs> we're good. We're happy to be You're back. Good. Yeah, cool. We have Bobby, Steve, and Rick. So it's three-fifths of the band, isn't it? Three-fifths. Yeah, three That's yeah. right. Yeah, cool. So... Uh, Thank you so much for coming back. It was, you know, a little embarrassing on our on our sides, but it's super cool of you to be good sports and come come see us again a few days later. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And actually, in many ways, it's nice because uh, you know we had a really good time <laughs> during the entire of the last recording. So I think this one could only <laughs> we, had a, we had a great great time. Yeah, it was good. yeah exactly. <laughs> so um, why don't we uh, sort of jump straight into it? We're missing two of the members, right? With Josh and Bass and. Guller on the keys, That's they're not right. here. Yeah, yeah but um, we've got three-fifths of you, so that'll do for today. Mm-hmm. So um, we have like a pretty sort of set questions that we ask everyone who comes in. And the, the first one is, uh, why did you start playing music? And what was the uh, kind of, I guess, environment that you sort of grew up in? And was it conducive to, to sort of learning how to play music? And um, why don't we start with uh, Bobby? Sure. Well, you know... I'm going to kind of detour around a little bit because it makes the story make sense. But growing up, I was put in sports, football, um, basically played and trained for that. Like the majority of my young life, it was kind of like everything for me. Didn't pick up music until really after high school even. Um, But I spent most of my time playing sports and basically wanted to go to college and get a scholarship and do that whole thing. And I, I was successful with that. Got got a that scholarship. Football, yeah, football. Yeah. Up in uh, Rhode Island, a school called Bryant University. Cool. Um, three shoulder surgeries later. Oh, man. <laughs> ended oh. up transferring back to uh, FAU. And, you know, because my whole life I spent, like, playing sports and training for it. Like, yeah. uh, Was that one accident that- Screwed your shoulder up, or was it, it a series? So I had the first accident, and then it basically just dislocated my shoulder. And um, it wasn't, like, evident that I needed surgery, so I just, like, kind of kept at it. Gotcha. Dislocated again, had a surgery. Turned out the surgery was basically messed up. Oh, the, no. With, you know, oh, for lack of no. a better way of explaining it, the, the doctor used the wrong equipment to fix it, <laughs> right. didn't fix all of it. It was a dentist, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> ended, up, <laughs> ended up going to, uh, like, I don't know, like the Miami Dolphins doctor to get an MRI after all this, and he's like, you know what, like, we're going to need to do two more surgeries, one to take all the stuff out, and uh. then the next one to actually fix it. So, you know, three surgeries later, um, Man, I was one. done playing sports. It wasn't yeah. something I wanted to continue doing, so... Sure. Surprised the uh, the dolphins didn't see how messed up you were and offer you like a position. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty par, right. pretty par for the course, for that, right? So. <laughs> right. So you know, like I said, I get back from from Bryant. I transfer to FAU, not playing sports, and my mom quickly realized like 
I had all my time filled with training and just playing and whatever. I'm not doing anything productive anymore. So Christmas came along and, you know, I come downstairs and she gives me a Mexican Strat. And I wasn't, I didn't even think of playing music. Didn't, my dad actually played when I grew up. Growing up, he played a lot. And um, it wasn't something that I really wanted to do. I was drawn to music, but not really to play. Yeah, um, it's cool guitar? you started on the. Yeah. Sorry, I mean to yeah. interrupt you there, yeah, sure. but it was cool that you started on the. Uh, uh, your first guitar was a Mexican Strat because it was also my first guitar. Right. It was like my spirit animal when I was a teenager. I loved that thing. Yeah, it's a great guitar. It's yeah. Ex- I mean, I'm so grateful for a first guitar. You know, like that's a, a really nice, a really nice piece for a first guitar. Yeah. So um, I was really into. I started getting into Pink Floyd at the time. So. Of course, I just learned a bunch of Pink Floyd solos. Yeah, cool. Um, and me too. There's a lot of parallels here. When I yeah. first, the, the, my first soloing was Pink Floyd as well. Like um, my guitar teacher pointed me towards all those, you know, legendary Dave Gilmore solos and you know those huge minor third bends and everything. That's yeah, that's where I started as well. It was a big sort of 70s, 60s and 70s blues rock fan. My my teacher and um, all of my soloing, you know, to this day is really rooted in that in that play. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that was really beneficial for me that I want to talk about is, like, the passion and, like, the discipline I got from playing sports transferred over to music. I mean, like, I really loved music more than I could have ever loved playing sports, and that was, like, evident to me, like, really early on. Oh, brilliant. In playing. You know, it was like, I love this a lot. So after you stopped playing football, was that really the first time you'd 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 ever played any music? Is that when it's all started? For yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. I started How old late, were you? Uh, 19, right. 19 years old. Okay. Yeah. So I'm 27 now. So I haven't been playing for that long. But, you know, we'll get into it meeting these guys. I've known Steve for quite a while, but meeting Slick and playing with Steve, like, you know, exponentially allowed me to just get better, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, I th- I still I feel like if it had been much later, it might have presented a bit of an obstacle. But you know, you're still young at 19. You know what I mean? Yeah. The mind is still at sort of you know soaking things up like a sponge. For sure. Yeah, that's cool though, and and you know, admirable that you you kind of like just pivoted like that instead of just getting super depressed about it. You actually you know right. No, that's a forged good point. a new path. The, yeah. I don't even think at this point I knew how to be depressed about something. Right. Like, right. It was just like. Okay, this is gone. Let's do this. You know, nowadays, if something like that happens, like if my hand gets chopped off or something, I would be miserable. Yeah. I well, mean, well, I mean, you know, I think most people <laughs> would be miserable if their hand got chopped <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, kind of like theoretically with this, you know, like back sure. then, like to me, like losing football was like my hand getting chopped off. Yeah, it sure. was my whole life. Yeah. So uh, my shoulder kind of got chopped off, really. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but that's, you know, how really I, I got started was from injury. Interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. So Steve, but how, how yeah. did it all begin for you, mate? Kind of similarly, actually. I mean, I, except when you go back a little further, like I started, I took a guitar lesson or a few guitar lessons when I was in like fifth grade. My dad played guitar and, you know, he was like, oh, let's see if you want to get into it. So I took a couple lessons, you know, didn't really bite into it too much. Um, stopped doing it. So, and then later on, I was skateboarding. Actually, you were there that day. Uh, we were at the skate park over in, like, West Boca or something, and I tore my ACL in my leg, and uh, 
they were like, oh, come on, get up, man. And I'm like... We gave them a really hard time. And I they think... They were like thinking I was a bitch or something. Like, bro, get uh, up. Like, you're uh, fine. I'm like, bro, I cannot stand right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I specifically stand. was giving him a hard time. And I, I like, like feel you're bad nervous. about it. It's because you guys were nervous that I was actually hurt. You know, I just thought that you were all maybe. right. I'm, but anyway, so, you know... Teenagers I, can be brutal, though. I mean, yeah, you know, all yeah. to each other. Was I, eight, I was 18, I think, when this happened. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, my dad had guitars laying around. I was bedridden for a few months because of the surgery and whatnot yeah so i picked up an acoustic and started learning like you know green day time of your life on youtube you know three four chords teaching myself how to do it and got really into it like really quick and was like this is something that i love you know it was just a hobby that i liked doing for pastime um and then you know you you kind of realize like kind of like what he said like i'm just gonna dive completely into this you know i don't really have much else i mean i was in school you know and um it's kind of where i met him actually so funny enough i've actually known bob though sorry to jump around but i've known bob we've been going to school together i was in sixth grade and he was in seventh grade okay and we played we went to the same school we played sports together and stuff growing up never would have thought we'd be in a band together though you know yeah. as like adults that's great um, it's pretty wild adults i mean you know <laughs> it's weird to say but i mean we are technically adults loose term, loose term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're still ch- we're yeah we're hanging on to the childhood but st- we are adults yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and I think it's pretty cool that it kind of is the same story. It's like this, you know, had an accident and then kind of ended up focusing, homing in on the on the music. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool, man. So did did either one of you guys? Um, I mean, you both you both had your your injuries and then you started playing the music and stuff. Did did either one of you guys um, ever turn to like lessons or anything, or is it pretty much just self taught? So I would say self taught, probably for you too, right? Yeah, I mean. You- so I was actually talking to my dad the other day, and I just remember, like, I've totally forgot about this. When I got that guitar, I went to my dad's, and this is, like I said, my dad did play growing up. So I go to my dad's house with this guitar, I'm showing him it, and he showed me the chords for a time of your life. Oh, a Green Day song. Oh. And that was the That's very funny. first song that I learned was Time of Your Life, Green Day. It's a good beginner you, tune. I mean, it's just a few chords. Are you the same guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are we the same person? <laughs> yeah. How did you get into music, Rick? So my dad always played music when I was growing up. He's like in uh, various Latin percussion bands or, you know, he plays percussion in various Latin bands, Latin jazz. Does he still? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he still does. Weekend Warrior. Awesome. And uh, so I always grew up around it. I always thought it was really cool that he did that. I always was interested in maybe doing it, but, um, you know, whatever instruments he had didn't really do it for me. Just the uh, percussion wasn't, it didn't click. Yeah, And I didn't really even know what music I liked for a long time because um, I was mostly surrounded by like reggaeton, Spanish music, all this other stuff. I never really gravitated or fell in love with it. Didn't scratch the itch. Right. Yeah. And then so one day, one day when I was about like 10, this game comes out, which uh, packaged rock and roll into this beautiful, just concise dinner plate. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. So, like, I remember it was Guitar Hero 1, of course. You know. Yeah, and, and this is weird because it's not the first time I've said this to you, but it's not the first time someone has said that on podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's not. This it inspired a lot of people to play. I was yeah. definitely one of those people. Yeah. And along with that, like, Same. not even just, like, the game Same. itself, but that was how I discovered all those songs. Like, yeah. I had never heard More Than a Feeling. I had never heard Iron Man or Smoke on the Water yeah. or I Love Rock really? and Roll. I yeah, I never that. had heard those songs until I bought that game. But those are the first time I heard them. Yeah, yeah. and so like I knew that I wanted to keep playing. I, I was just playing the same songs over and over on easy. Eventually, yeah. I was playing on medium, then hard expert. I needed to play other songs that weren't in Guitar Hero. Yeah. And about a year later, uh, at 11 years old, I picked up a real guitar. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Cool. Yeah. Did you end up getting lessons? Yeah, pretty quickly, actually. Okay, I, cool. I showed an interest in it, and I was not, like, really willing to navigate it, but I kept kind of sharing that I wanted to learn how to play it at, like, the young age. Yeah. <clears throat> it's an overwhelming instrument. Like, For sure. Holding one at that age, I don't... I remember it just being the most foreign thing. I could you know, I was, I was, I teach, and I was saying to someone yesterday exactly that. I was like, it is strange that the most popular instrument, the instrument that everyone plays, is really hard. Yeah, you know, like because I was not an easy instrument to play. Right, I think it's because it's easy to acquire and it's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool think, yeah, I was just gonna say you hit the nail on the head. It's a cool factor for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the amount of students I get who start playing the guitar and then they're like, oh, oh, this is hard. Oh, yeah. You know, and they, a lot of, you know, I, a lot of them drop off, you know, when they, when they discover that it's, you know, it's not just pressing buttons, you know, you've got to develop right. muscle memory and calluses and, you know. It's, I always yeah. expected it to be hard. Even at a young age, I knew what I was getting into. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And um, where were you, who was your, where did you take your lessons? Did the guy come to the house or did you go? So there's a music store in town called Chafins. I don't yeah. think it's called that anymore. I think it's actually but- gone. Really gone entirely? Yeah, something so. like that. It yeah. was turned into something else the yeah, last time I exactly, saw it. Like, yeah. But I thought it said music store. Maybe not. I don't, I, know. I don't, know. I don't know if they closed, but I think, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, I think they got, it was a family-owned store, and they got bought out or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, so there's somebody else now. Okay, that's yeah, that right. That pretty sucks. I mean, they were amazing, all of them. Yeah. So yeah. I took lessons with this guy named Bob Bunnan. Right. Who, um, mm-hmm. He taught there for so many years, and he used to have, like, these recitals and these mini concerts for all the for all of his students. And, yeah, I, I, I took lessons with him for about four years. Okay. Funny story, man. Chaffin's, uh, Chaffin's goes back a long way. Like when, uh, when, I, when I was in first grade, so about 360 wow. years ago, um, <laughs> I, uh, I picked up saxophone, and that's where my parents rented my first saxophone, like, you know, the whole rent-to-own you nice. know, program that all of our yeah. kids do. I mean, right? I've done it. I've done my saxophone that I play in yeah. Kilbillies is a rent-to-own tenor from, from Music Man. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was my, my first instrument was a saxophone. It was from Chaffin's, which was – Really? Um, yeah. Just they've been they've been there forever. Or they have. They were anyways. Yeah, yeah Chapin. Wow. He's a musician, right? He's a, you know like in yeah. his own right. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was talking to someone about it yesterday. Weirdly, apparently everything we're talking about today, I was talking to someone about. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's almost like we had this conversation the, last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deja vu. Deja vu. Seriously, so spinning me weird. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, just to reiterate, I was so glad that you guys came back. It's wonderful to do this. But, so, who was the? Um, like who were the uh, your early musical influences? Would you say like you know some of the bands that you sort of got you into into music uh, outside of the stuff that you were finding on Guitar Hero? Yeah, of course. Um, mm. Funny enough, like the thing that isn't on Guitar Hero that I discovered that like pushed me even farther down the rabbit hole. Um, one day I was riding with my stepmom in a car and we were listening to 98.7 The Gator because I saw a billboard and I was yeah. like, hey, let's go to that. It says rock and roll. And I had just discovered the music. So I'm like trying to find some. And Dazed and Confused comes on with uh, Led Zeppelin and Jimmy Page. Yeah. And there's this, you know, the middle section where all these crazy sounds happen. Yeah. And my stepmom had gone and seen Led Zeppelin when she was like a younger kid in the 60s, 70s. Oh, cool. I guess mostly 70s. Doesn't matter. But um, so she told me about like all the the violin bow stuff that he would do and how the whole band would just like stop playing and it would just be a spotlight and you know it was just like these vicious sounds i was 11 years old yeah and she was describing all this crazy stuff to me and i just thought that was one of the most enrapturing just things i never thought it could be so cool yeah my mom was a big led zeppelin fan as well and um she used to play me all that stuff 
Led Zeppelin was a big one for her. Fleetwood Mac, you know, all the all the awesome mm. classic bands, and, and she used to play it all in the car when I was growing up. Yeah, that's, same here. Yeah. That's pretty much where I got <clears throat> most of my rock and roll stuff was like my dad in the car, you know, playing Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd, and being, he would even like you know point out stuff to me that I wasn't like a musician, so I didn't have the ear. But like on going to California, when he says like um, she laughs and sings la 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 or whatever, yeah. he like turn it up. He's like check this out real quick. And I always liked that. I always thought that was cool. But yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely we get a lot of our influence musically from like our parents, if you will. Or no, at least me, I, I should so, say. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely. And you know, being, I mean, maybe sort of me and Hector slightly more because we're a bit older. But you know, our parents were really the, you know, baby boomers. They were they they, you know, sort of sixties. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, that's when they were listening to music, which is really in a way, kind of, almost like the beginning of you know rock you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when 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 i guess the 50s was the beginning of rock but yeah. definitely had this kind of uh the Big 60s push. yeah the 60s started like exploring with it yeah you yeah. know like they took the product that like was obviously successful and new and then some people just got like weird with it you know like, yeah and that's what birthed like so many different avenues of music from that point yeah totally and i think that it would have been a lot different to have been, you know, born around around that sort of time, the mid-century, because, um, you know, everything was, like, exciting and, and new, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All, all of the rock that, that we digest is either old or kind of like a rehashed version, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the time, in the 60s, when they were all listening to this stuff, it was, like, it, it, it was dangerous. You know what <laughs> I, mean? I try to, like, imagine what that would be like, you know, because yeah, yeah, we yeah. can crazy. only imagine. Like, exactly. To have not, like don't have that genre at all and then all of a sudden there's this like uproar of like this new thing where like you feel like you're being bad when you're listening to it you know (laughs) yeah yeah. well it just exploded yeah it exploded and like it just happened so fast i mean it was crazy but i mean you know every time we sit here and we talk to the guests and stuff and everybody's always has everybody always has these stories you know their parents listen to this or or you know their, their their brother or their sister or whatever listen to whatever and I don't, I don't have, you know, I, I'm a lot like, like uh, Slick over here, you know. I, my, my, my mom actually came over from Cuba, um, and like six months later, I was born. So she came over here and she was pregnant, and so, you know, they, I mean, she didn't listen to rock and she didn't right. listen to that stuff. You know, my dad was like stuck back there, unfortunately, for a whole political whatever. But, um, and he, and he eventually came over here. But, you know, same, same thing. Like, he wasn't listening to rock or whatever. So, like, growing up, you know, if I was in the car with my parents, you know, my dad was listening to, like, Spanish public radio, like, talk radio. And right, my mom nice. was listening to, like, Celia Cruz and uh, Tito Puentes <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, right. they, I definitely didn't get any Led Zeppelin stuff. or anything growing up. You know, right, I, had, yeah. I had to, like, discover this stuff on my own. So it was a little really? bit different. Yeah. That is little... different. Yeah. And probably made it a little more <laughs> exciting and fresh for you. It was di- yeah, it was different. I had to discover, you know, discover bands and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bands that I I stumbled across and I listened to and I'd go show them to people at school and they'd be like, well, who's that? <laughs> you know? oh, that's so, great. Just because they, yeah, they were listening to something else, you know. They were yeah. listening to whatever their parents were listening to. I yeah. was just stumbling across crazy weird shit. Yeah, so. it probably gave you a little bit of in- more impetus to kind of dig, you know, yeah, like yeah. different oh, yeah. stuff. So when were you? When did you first start kind of li- listening to music? When I listened to music pretty early on, but it was never. Um, it was it was a lot of Latin stuff. It was uh, you know we we my mom always had albums and records and things on in the house, but it was always um, 
you know, it was always, uh, you know, merengues and salsa and stuff like that. I mean, it was all Spanish stuff. Yeah. You know, you know. I think I first sort of got turned on to sort of, you know, music in general. I started developing my own taste when I was around 12, 11, 12, you know, which would have been like 91, 92. Yeah. So everything, you know, it's all that stuff like um, Nirvana and Cypress Hill and yeah. Pearl Jam and then all the punk bands, Blink, um, not Blink-102, uh, Green Day, yeah. and, you know, Offspring and stuff. That was my era. Now, mm-hmm. I, had a, I had an older sister that was about four years older than me. And um, she, I mean... You know, she did listen to some music and stuff, and 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 I kind of navigated those waters. You know, listening to some of the stuff she was listening to. But even even that though, early on when we were younger, I mean, you know, like I hate to even admit it on the podcast, but like we were listening to like Manulo. You know, I mean, like you know, yeah. it was just Spanish pop. You know, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, somewhere along the way, I started getting into the whole alternative and the Cure and that kind of stuff, and she started getting into, like, the hair the hair bands, Warrant uh, and, well. and Poison and all that stuff, but it was, you know, you know, she was a girl, and she was she was checking out all the all the dudes in the bands, you know, so she was all into it, so, yeah, 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 for, <laughs> That's for awesome. sure, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about how the band got together? Yeah. You want to start, Steve? Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting little story. So, like, we talked about how him and I have known each other for so long. You would have told us we were going to be in a band. We would have been like, what are you talking about? We don't even play an instrument. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've known him for a really long time. And then I met Slick at Palm Beach State in a music appreciation class. It wasn't even, like, a theory class or anything. It was just appreciation. And I'm, like, on the second day, like, barreling all these questions to the teacher that, like, are there, like, instruments we're going to play, like, <clears throat> super specific questions that, like, maybe only a musician would ask or something. So he just kind of comes over and he sits down and he's like, so what do you play? And like, he looks like a shredder to me. You know, he's got the chain and all that, the <laughs> long hair. Like, I had only been playing guitar for like a little bit at this Already point. Already had the hair? Oh yeah, he had, he's <laughs> had the yeah. hair the whole time. He's had the That's hair. That's great. And uh, so I'm thinking this guy's, you know, probably rips. And so yeah. I tell him I'm like a guitar player or whatever. He's like, oh, let's jam sometime. I'll bring your guitar to school. So next class, <laughs> I love this part. Next class, he's like not. Sh- he doesn't show up. So I text him like, "Yo, you you coming today?" He's, oh, I'll be there. I'll, I'll be there. So he comes after the class, skateboards yeah. from his house with his guitar, and like Legend. we jammed after my class. He just skips. <laughs> Sorry to put you on blast. <laughs> it's but all good. Skips, I failed the class. Skips class. <laughs> skips the music class to play music. To jam. Like I feel like any like real <laughs> yeah. professor professor yeah. would yeah. be like stoked. I mean, kind of like <laughs> yeah. 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 show up to class then jam. Technically, uh, I got this band out of the music class. So there you true. Go. Yeah. Yeah, because then basically after I met him, I, him and I had been getting together and like sucking pretty bad, uh, like really bad. Right? We were, like, we, you know, we, we were have having videos. fun though. It was, <laughs> awesome. it was great. We were having fun, so we were sucking. And I'm like, "Yo, I met this dude. Like, he shreds. You got to come and, and hang out." And he was all like, "I'm like, nah, man. I'm like, nah. Like, I can't <laughs> do that." Like, yeah, <laughs> like, Steve, Steve yeah, for sure. Steve calls me and he's like, "Dude, like, I met this dude. He rips. Like, he's incredible." And I'm thinking like. I don't even know like what an A chord is. Like yeah. I'm like figuring this out a little bit. He's gonna yeah. think I'm an idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Steve's like, "You got it. We got to all jam. Let's go jam." And I'm like, oh, "I don't know, man." But I mean, I ended up sucking it up mm-hmm. and then coming well, over. I convinced him a little bit. You know? yeah. yeah. And I don't know what we played first either. Like the "Since I've Been Loving You" chords or, or the, the G minor. G minor. Shine the, on you crazy. Shine diamond on you crazy. For like diamond. twenty minutes. Like just yeah. one chord. Just like I'm like doing nothing <laughs> and, he's just, and he's like blowing our minds and I'm like I'm thinking. Oh my God, I'm part of this. This is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like, that opened the door a lot for me. Like that, that feeling. 
I mean, the first thing he played for me was I went from one Metallica, and he goes. I've never seen something like that before. And I was just like, whoa. Seen it in the videos and stuff, but never like in front of my face. Sure, yeah. Or at a concert, but that's different, you know. No, it's magical, you know. It's not. When someone's good, especially when you're young like that, it just you know it blows your mind. For sure. I remember at my school there were loads of pretty talented. I was lucky enough to be at school with some pretty talented players, and you know I looked up to them so much as a as a young fella. I was, you know, that was a big part of the reason I ended up doing it was because how much I kind of idolized these dudes and you know years above me who were sick players, and we had this. We were really lucky. We had the the school I was at had like a separate music school building. And um, I was a music scholar, so I got to basically spend my whole time there. I barely had to play any sport, <laughs> and I just got to pretty much live in there, which is uh, it was just, I was in heaven, man. And there was a little little area where you could go and hide and smoke cigarettes too, and like, right. chat up girls and stuff. Right, it was the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our equivalent to that was sitting in Steve's like office or music yeah, room, room. The, what it became with like a full drum set, bunch of amps, like. I mean, we would be sitting this close together, like playing for hours and hours and hours, like loud, like blowing our eardrums yeah, out. Like, yeah. bless Steve's parents. Shout out to them because they were like troopers throughout that time. They, they supported, but I would tell my mom like something like, "Hey, you know, they're gonna come over and jam." She would like leave the house for a couple hours and like give us the the yeah. house to ourselves to jam. Always like yeah, allow us anytime we were like able to get together. Like there was never a oh like we can't because like my parents are home. Not that I can remember. It was no, like they, they, they supported it. Like, always supported it. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's amazing and Pretty super nice. important when yeah. you guys are trying mm-hmm. to get something off the ground. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, my that's dad what it all started. Our band too. So yeah, you know, he's a big supporter of us from the beginning like from when we were in the room sucking he'd like open the door and be like and shut the door and well that's okay. it there's, <coughs> two, got one there's two approval. kinds of people in there there's the kind of people who are just excited that you're doing it and yeah. like kind of impressed that you got the motivation to try and do it and mm-hmm. like into listening to you sort of grow and then just the kind of grumpy people who were like oh it's noisy right? yeah. you know right. luckily wow. uh, you got the former yeah we yeah. were like obviously passionate about it you know and yeah. that probably to i know like my mom and my parents like steve's parents slick like when you i feel like when you see like your kids like feeling something like that like yeah. you gotta let them grow let them do it because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my, my mom and dad were pretty cool with that my brother had a drum kit we used to just jam all hours of the day you Sick. know and they just totally just let us do it it was so much fun mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah we had that one issue with that neighbor we had a neighbor we were jamming at my house it was like 12 30 maybe 1 a.m or whatever <laughs> a reasonable he, time apparently he had been blasted on the window you know at the room where we were jamming in but we were so loud we didn't hear it i had just bought this bass amp so we had this everything cranked up and, <laughs> and so i'm like walking out to my driveway i was like walking one of my friends out and there's like a cop in my front yard i didn't even ask what happened i'm kind of like someone called for a noise complaint he's yeah. like yeah this guy said he was banging for 10 15 minutes you know oh that's funny so, he moved out a couple months later. He really did. That's funny. Uh, wow. I mean, you know, no hard feelings. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, so I've got some some noise complaint stories. We actually got kicked off Singer Island because we made too much noise. Oh wow. And our landlord got taken to court. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Well, uh, I've chilled out a little bit cool. since then. <laughs> chilled out. Yeah, not much, but a little bit. So where do you guys rehearse now? So we have, we started at uh, Century Pools Warehouse, which was a place that I used to work. I was a pool boy. 
did that whole thing. Shout out to Connor, my best friend growing up. His parents owned the company. They got me in that, and, you know, it was great. They allowed us to jam practice in their warehouse. Um, Eventually, we were able to make a move to our own space, so... We got our own warehouse, which literally a block away from the a other block place away. Too. And That's crazy. Yeah, through like a connection that I made through that job, uh, the landlord, and you know, it's like a big. We, we have it. We have it all like dialed in. You know, we got the lights, the couches, the tapestries. Like everything is like fully set Pretty up. Cool spot. Yeah, it's Lovely. like it, this. It kind of reminds me, like having these warehouses and like those first the Century Pools one, and then and then the one we have now. Like we weren't even really trying to play gigs like there was never like get together and it's like guys like we got to get this song done and this song done so we can have this to be able to play these gigs and then we could do this it was never that we just played for the sake of playing yeah it was like we're gonna get together and then even getting the other warehouse it was like you know we're gonna pay the rent ourselves if instead of like playing three nights a week we're just gonna hang out and with each other three nights a week and play yeah that was big for us really still is i think in some ways the fact that you that came to music a bit later might have been an advantage because mm. the magic of it, you know, you still exactly. had that kind of feeling, you know. Yeah, and it's no not doubt. like I've lost it, and, and and I definitely feel that magic from time to time. But I can't claim it's the same as when I first, you know, yeah. I first discovered it. Yeah, know? it it does feel like that, and it what helps like to counter it, like the newness is having a guy like Rick, and then having our keys player Guller, who, you know, they both have the theory they both have like a lot more than i sorry steve but then no no steve and i have like (laughs) (laughs) so like to have that like to put these two things together i think is really great for us yeah for sure sound in the writing process all that yeah that kind of wide-eyed like slight musical naivety but then you know also have the knowledge there in the same band yeah yeah like for instance like the other day, we're like kind of putting something to, something together, and Guller's like, like, I don't even know how you would come up with something like that. Like to me, like I, I don't know what he was like getting to. Like he's basically it, saying, like theory wise, like where we went with the song, like he would have never thought to do it. But since yeah. we weren't like taking theory into account, we were just playing. Where, where do we go next? Go yeah. here, and it sounded right. okay. No, I get so that, yeah. and I feel boxed in by the my theory knowledge yeah, that's for it. sure. We, yeah. yeah, we've had that conversation before, where where it just seems like, um, you know there's there's that that two sides of the equation you know there's you got the theory and you've got the people that, that don't have i mean I, i'm self-taught on bass or whatever and I, I don't have any theory um and you know you do get that that weird approach of like hey we should try this and then someone like ben with theory will look at you and go huh yeah that's <laughs> right that exactly. actually works actually james <laughs> has written this uh instrumental piece oh yeah um, and it is really unusual because it's not really based on any kind of system. It's just like what he thought sounded good. And so I had to figure out the chords to fit with this really quite strange, interesting melody that he wrote. And we ended up writing a, a, this quite exotic, kind of very unusual piece of music because I was having to kind of like figure out how to make the harmony work around yeah. the melody, you know? Yeah. But a really cool piece of music at the yeah, same time. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I imagine Rick and Guller both 
have to do that around stuff that I put together <laughs> like quite <laughs> frequently. Yeah. Honestly, that's the most beautiful way to make music is mm. not to be boxed in and to be like, well, theory's not working. We'll have to try like all this weird stuff now. For sure. And I yeah. feel like theory is kind of like it should come after music. Happens, I agree. You know, I, I feel like in our educational systems, you know, not to bring up some weird stuff, but <laughs> they teach all this music theory first. You start with music appreciation. They should really just stick an instrument in your hands yeah. and just like tell yeah. you like this sound goes with this sound you know yeah. Like, yeah. like just make kind of melodies and stuff and then tell you that what you did was that i you know? I, I have a t- you know a tendency to agree with you in the sense that um it's a language to explain the sounds you're making yeah and that should exactly. be considered as such not like not like the language is king and learn that and right. then try and make music using it exactly yeah, they yeah. make it yeah. they make it out to be a vocabulary when it's only really a vocabulary to explain something that like already exists yeah yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And, you know, the beautiful music comes from your soul. It comes from, like, the sound that you feel like you should hear next, not, you know, what what's a perfect fifth from this that would work. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I mean, it is helpful, and I think that it has... There has there have, you know, certain things that I've written and uh, certain kind of avenues of creativity that I've found have come from my knowledge of theory, but uh, I would say that more so the other way around, just like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, what did I just do? You know, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, kind of going back with that 60s explosiveness of the new creativity that happened. Like, they were just trying shit, you know, like, oh, that was cool. Like, yeah. Hendrix going in the back of his amp and tweaking it all and making his guitar scream like that. Like, he wasn't thinking theory when he was doing that. They don't teach that in music yeah. theory. <laughs> <They don't laughs> Not at that. all. Not it's like so innovative. It's, it's definitely. That's how you got to be with. innovative is get yeah. outside of the box. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How did you meet the other talking to the other two guys in the band? How did you meet them? So you want to tell he he knew with, Josh with first. Josh, so Josh is our bass player, and right. um, we worked together, and he knew about our music thing, but I never knew he like played or anything. He's like, oh, I had a guitar ten years ago. I learned a couple songs. I was like, okay, cool, that's dope. Well, we go to like an expendable show in Jupiter. He comes over to my house. We're going to carpool. He gets there a few minutes early. I'm like, yo, come in my house real quick. I'll show you my music room. I have like instruments and all this cool stuff, whatever. It wasn't as done up as you probably think, but more so cables all over the floor. But uh, so I just I just put a bit my bass in his hand. I was like, here, just noodle. And he's just like, boom, 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 boom. You know, just and I'm like, okay, like, honestly, dude, you should come and jam at our warehouse because I'll show you. Like, he was holding it like he kind of knew sort of what he was doing in a way. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yo, come to our warehouse and I'll, sh- you know, show a couple bass lines. Next thing you know, he's he's jamming with us. And it was like, boom, we got our bass player that like, we needed for so nice. long. Because, like, I was playing bass and we had our buddy Connor, whose parents owned the Century Pools company. He was playing drums with us. Yeah. And I was going to be the bass. But then he kind of, you know, took a different direction. And then I was like, okay, I'll play drums because it'll be easier to jam without a bass than without a drum. Yeah, in, sure, a, in a way, right. depending yeah. on what you're playing, of course, sure, but yeah. with what we were trying to do. Um, so, so yeah, then that's that's pretty much how we we met Josh. Cool. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so Guller, we have we met recently. How many months ago? Two months ago? Maybe like three, three and months and a half ago? Now, actually. Actually. Yeah, or even is that his first name? Yeah, it's his first actually, name. That's awesome. We met him like before 2022 oh, technically like in december of 2021 but he didn't join the band until like february yeah i that's jammed, right. I jammed that's with right. him that one time in like january and then in february he like joined the band i think he's yeah. been in the band for three months now yeah okay. whenever okay. he introduces himself to people because obviously if you're like hey my name's guller they're like what yeah so he's like it's like color with a g <laughs> to everybody yeah, like literally. i'm just waiting for it every time he <laughs> introduces himself but um we were we were playing a gig at third and third, and at this time we didn't have a keys player; it's just four piece. And um, I like playing there. 
Yeah, love that place. Great yeah. place. Home, uh, home Shout turf. out third and third. Shout out third and third. Yeah. So uh, we're playing, and in between one of the sets, this like half drunk dude comes up, half you drunk. know, wearing like a button down, like looking like super clean, like crew cut, whatever. We're, Good looking like, guy. Steve cut his hair. Steve used to have longer hair than yeah. all of us. Yeah. Josh has a beard and long hair. I have long hair. Look like a bunch of hippies. We look like a bunch of, you know, dudes with long hair playing rock and roll music. <laughs> smell a little bit or something. And then Guller. <laughs> <laughs> we, we smell nice. Yeah, we do. So Guller walks up and he's like crew cut, wearing like button down, looking like a frat dude. And it turns out he is a frat dude, but that's okay. We yeah. we love Guller. And so <laughs> it's not like that. It's not like that. <laughs> yeah. So he he comes up to the stage right when we finish a song, and like he's like, I'm I want to play keys with you guys. Like you guys need a keys player. Like oh, I'm gonna play keys. Like, with I hear you guys. where I can do. I hear where I can fill the space. That's, yeah. So I think he takes like a receipt and writes his name and his phone number, puts it in the tip jar, and like that's not. I, maybe not the first time someone's been like, "Oh, I like we need a, I want to play with you guys." Well, like you oh, know, yeah. it happens. Yeah, yeah. And so you brushed it off. We're just like we okay. kind of brushed yeah, it off. Laughed, like, yeah, it was yeah, funny. It, We're in the middle of playing exactly. You know, and like, in that kind of situation too, you can't help but your defenses be a little bit up because oh, yeah. the amount of nutters that come up to you. Mm-hmm. you know? yeah, yeah, I've had oh, beers God. spilled into my pedal board. Oh, I've man. had like people try to get like uh, like it. You know, it I mean, happens. There's so. always somebody that wants to push you off and sing, like get yeah. in your place and sing. That's so yeah. Obnoxious. I mean, it is hard to yeah. spot. Okay, yeah, so. it's obnoxious. Did we though? <laughs> so I mean, we we were using. For, I mean, even now, like I still use the COVID excuse. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't have you singing my mic because of COVID. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's not yeah. a bad excuse. I don't, I don't care. You know, I just yeah. don't want you up here. <laughs> I used to feel bad about it until relatively recently. I don't know if it's just because I'm. I think well, it is 100 percent just because I'm older and I've just stopped caring. But you know, now I'm just like nah. No, go <laughs> nah. I just, I just don't care. And it, just like, you know, it's the amount of times I've sort of like agonized over. Oh well, you know, is it going to mean that they have a bad night? And maybe you should go. Don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Like it's it's kind of worth doing that because like if something bad happens, then it's on you or it's on your you know two thousand dollar pedal board or it's yeah on, like, yeah. It's really not worth the risk most of the time. But yeah. uh, so back with Guller, we brush it off. And then I think a whole set goes by, and next thing you know, he's back up at the stage saying the same exact thing, a little bit more drunk, like a <laughs> little bit more, a little bit more drunk. <laughs> like, yeah. oh man, I can picture him. He's just all smiles, dude. So <laughs> he comes up and like says the same stuff, writes his name on a new on another receipt, puts his a napkin. No. Could it, one of them was a napkin, one of them was a receipt, I think. I don't remember. So puts another one in the tip jar. Yeah. And then we pretty much brush it off again. And it wasn't until like someone actually got in contact with Steve that is like a mutual friend, oh, yeah, right? right yeah. So a mutual friend, because Guller saw that somehow this person knew Steve through probably social media. And then like. He had her hit me up and say, hey, my friend wants to jam with you guys. Oh, and neat. so I was like, okay, like if he's telling this mutual that we know, like he must really want to jam with us. Like yeah, it wasn't yeah. just he was drunk at the bar, like, oh, I want to sure. play with you guys. Yeah. I tell you he, what, like, persistence was for pays something. off. Oh, you know, he was tenacity persistent. and persistence. He was persistent. Yeah. I think in music in general, in the arts in general, I was, we have um, our banjo player, James, always says this, and I 100% agree with him, is that. If you, you know, if you want to get something done in the art, you just got to keep doing it. 
I'm just going to keep going, you know, yeah. and it just applies across the board. Yeah. You know, it's even the case with this podcast. If we keep doing it, it's going to get bigger. You For know, sure. just got to keep going. For sure. Repetition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were really into the fact of having a keys player. At least I was. I, we, I mean, yeah, I know these. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. We play a lot of Grateful Dead and Pink Floyd. Yeah, it's like these songs, like, really need keys players. We kind of would make up for it with two guitars, but, like, the thought of, like, not having to try to make up for it with two guitars was, like, a really nice thought. Like, I love keys players. I've always had, like, you know, like, a full heart for key like when i'm a when i spot. yeah soft spot when i go somewhere and i see like a band with a keys player i'm not watching the guitarist or the singer or any like i'm watching the keys player the whole time yeah, i love so, a keys player yeah, yeah yeah so you know we're really into like him coming and jamming with us but like i think i got sick or a couple of us were sick when we were gonna make yeah. it happen sure. and then like the we agreed like all right let's hold off on it and then steve <laughs> there was salt with me for this. Steve, I got. I was like pretty mad with or upset at Steve. He goes like behind our back a little. Not bit. at all, bro. No. <laughs> okay. So the, the, this sounds a little still a little. No, raw. no. This is good. This is good. <laughs> I love this. Let it out. I Let it all it. out, <laughs> man. On the podcast, so, you're in a safe space, kind of. <laughs> so <laughs> the night that we were all going to get together, a couple of us bailed because we were sick. Steve ended up actually still getting together with Guller and not really mentioning it. But, like, thank God that he did because, like, he, you know, like, passed the – what do they call it? The whatever the test. The, oh, yeah. Oh. So, well, yeah. He, so we were going to jam like you said that night. We were supposed to get together. And then they bailed. But he kept, like – he kept texting me like, yo, what's good? What's good? So I was like, dude, why don't you just come? The rest of them bailed, but I'll play. Come over. I'll have my bud come and play drums. So I played, like, guitar and bass. Go and play keys, and then I had a buddy sit in on my drum set, and we did like a three-piece jam. We played like a few tunes, you know. I wanted to see what he had, you know. Like honestly, it was like a mini audition almost, like sure. without the band, you know. I just wanted to see. He had freaking chops like crazy, you know. He's playing all kinds of tunes like perfectly, and I was like, okay. So I, t- I told them like a couple days later He's that amazing. I did I jammed with them him a couple days ago, and they were like, like you jammed without us, like you went behind yeah. our back. Uh, like, I was so I'm sad. Like, no. It's like you cheated on them, man. But it worked out, you know. Yeah, yeah. our band out. is really like a relationship between five dudes. I know, like a lot of musicians feel that way, oh, but yeah. like you, like we got to keep everybody happy. You got it. Yeah. Like it's like just it's like being too, Well, I mean, I, I'll tell <laughs> you. Sometimes. I mean, I don't, I don't know the other two guys, and I haven't met them, but Great just dudes. just seeing like you guys and like last week when you guys were here and like this week you know and stuff like you guys it's it's obvious you guys really gel well together musically you gel well together like um, as friends and it yeah. just it, there's just Thank there's you. a there's a connection that's really obvious between you guys you guys like seem like really good that's friends awesome. Thanks, yeah. not just bandmates when yeah. that, which Thank is awesome and it's it super important yeah it started yeah. as important. friends we like, were just friends that got together to play music together. yeah, yeah. you and know then we realized we weren't bad so it's I, like, I just think that that's the way it's got to be the, it is. You can always teach someone how to play an instrument, but like chemistry between people yeah. playing music together is paramount. Well, it's yeah, super yeah. important. It's it makes important. it it makes it hard to stay in a band. I mean, I can't stand Ben. So, <laughs> so being on a podcast and in a band with him, yeah, you Jesus. might not be able to tell in a couple of hours. But I'm a real asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much a relationship. They can't stand me half the time, but they love me. <laughs> it's a love hate relationship. Yeah. They love to hate you. Yeah, they love to hate me. yeah, we're all friends. Like even without the music, you know. Yeah, so see, it, that's like, a, and that's super important, right? It's always been like kind of the cherry on top. Like, oh wow, this is like working a little bit. Yeah. People want us to play at this place. 
Sure, yeah, exactly. Like we're yeah. getting paid to play it. our own music. Like, like well, I don't oh. even care if we get paid. Let's go do it. Exactly. Like, if it's okay. a good hang first, you can't mm. go wrong. You know, if you yeah. can kind of do it anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I kind of feel about Killbillies at the moment. Um, you know, we're all we're all good mates and and uh, enjoy we enjoy hanging out. So you know, that's just a huge part of it. And I've been in you know the opposite situation before, where it's been you know pretty poisonous atmosphere, and you know that just. Trying to play music with people where you're all mad at each other. It's the sucks. worst. Doesn't matter how good they are. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter how good the musicians are. We yeah. can't yeah. do that. I feel like the music will suffer, no yeah, doubt. Because sure. uh, I feel like the, the the heart and soul of what we're doing is like the connection between each other and the synergy mm-hmm. and the that's like everything. Because for me, like I have like more skill now than I did like a couple years ago. But like the <laughs> the connection is like really what you know, yeah. energizes the whole thing yeah. and allows sure. it to be, to be good. True. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with, I have two sisters. Like I never had any brothers right. and not to be cheesy as fuck, but like the, bro- the band is like the brothers I never yeah. had, you know, never had a brothership. Brothers Brotherhood. you never wanted. Brothership. <laughs> the brothers I never brothership wanted. Brothership is a good band name. I didn't ask for you guys. Yeah, yeah, brothership. brothership. Brothership is a good band name. Yeah. <laughs> like Mothership. Oh my yeah. God, it's amazing. Mothership. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be a one Mothership tribute. Nobody good... take that. <laughs> That's actually the first album I ever bought. Really? Mothership. mothership? Yeah, Mothership. Nice. And yeah, I'm buying the domain now. now. <laughs> Sent. <laughs> so how do you guys write songs? Do you have a, uh, do you have a, a kind of approach to that? I would say there's like a two-way street there. Um, I personally will write stuff on acoustic. Bob songs. And they're called Bob songs. <laughs> right. And they don't always translate over. They're kind of like a little bit, uh, how would you guys explain them? Melancholy? I don't know. Melancholy. Like, gotcha. yeah, that's a good word for it. Yeah. But I like, mean, it, the color blue. You described blue. it to us as like slow David Gilmore early stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like I really like George Harrison a lot. I really, you yeah. know, so sometimes... I don't know. The influence yeah. just comes out in Reflective that way. Reflective and, and yeah, introspective, yeah. that type of thing. Navel gazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sometimes, like maybe ten percent of the time, a Bob song can translate over into a fifty-nine shop song. Yeah. Otherwise, most of the time, we will these songs will come out during like uh, jam like intro- or what's it like. Just what? we'll do like a jam. And someone will do something cool, but yo, do that again, do that again, yeah. do it over and over, and then you know someone adds a little different flavor to it, puts a little sprinkles on top there, and then you can kind of okay, that's kind of cool. Let's see what we can do here, and then yeah. kind of just bounce around ideas like that rather than like sit down and try to be like, okay, we need this, 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 and this. Which we do do that too, but most of the times they come together very organically. Yeah. Like most of our tunes, honestly, like if I could think about like all of our originals, almost all of them are either like a Bob song on a couple of them or they're like tunes that we made up in the warehouse just jamming and we're like yo we like that we should develop keep doing it. that keep yeah. doing that and so and that kind of you know like we really like improvised jamming like it's one of the things that kind of got me really involved in music with these guys was instead of like hey guys like we need to play this cover we need to like learn I'm gonna learn these chords it was like let's just play these chords and Rick was good enough to be able to play over pretty much anything I possibly could have played so like that allowed us to just jam and meander for like hours at a time sometimes and when you get to a certain point something may happen and then you'll be like what was that and then it's either fucking gone or (laughs) you're able to recall it and then like that is kind of like the the seeds of the new song, and right. then nowadays we 
we don't really have like a great structure that we're like, okay, guys, it's time to write a song. Like, this is what we're going to do. It never happens. No. Like, I ever. like the fact that it comes from a jam with you guys because that truly is a team effort. You know, like, yeah, it's yeah. great. It's, it's always team effort. It's kind of yeah, like yeah. abstract painting in a group of five people. Sure, yeah, it's yeah that's such a great way. <laughs> what about <laughs> lyrical content? Badass. How do you come up with that? Who's so, that mostly? I have like, I went to school for journalism. Right. Like, I was always really drawn to writing. Still to this day, like my day job is involved writing. Great. So, I like writing. I have like books that have poem song type things in it that'll probably never ever see the light of day get oh, used. I got plenty but, of those, yeah. 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 But like probably. a lot of time really like I know Steve and I will improv, you know, during the jam and just mm-hmm. come up with like little melodies and and, sure. and that sort of thing. Some of our songs I would say are deeper, you know? Yeah. J- they just involve more thought and like they're intentionally like deeper whereas other songs are like in the moment like this is fun like let's do this and we're kind of trying to have like that two-sided coin and this kind of goes back to like pink floyd and then maybe grateful dead where it's like pink floyd is like this theatrical like planned deep introspective thing and we have originals that i would say have like a taste of that and then we have other ones that are more like I don't want to say disco-y, but more like we're in the warehouse, we're in a good mood, we're like jumping around, having fun, and then we're, you know, singing. Yeah. Like, so yeah, something you could dance to, you know? Yeah. yeah. But. Well, I think now would be a good time um, for you to play us some of this music we've yeah. all been talking about. Let's do it. All right, good stuff. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, ready? <clears throat> Days in dissolution Locked inside the warehouse Think it's time we get out We don't want to have to hide no more Just want a place to call our own We don't want to have to hide no more We just want a place to call our own Wander to the beach now Crashing
561 Music is brought to you by Handlebars Bar and Grill. Handlebars is a biker bar in Sequesta. It's um, a real cool spot. It used to be called Judy's. It's a little yellow building on US 1. If you're heading north out of Jupiter on US 1, it comes up on your right. And uh, you can spot it because, it's, yes, there's a little yellow building and there's almost always a bunch of bikes outside of it. There's a, a, a bike night every second thursday of the month we just played it didn't we last week we did it yeah, was fun good time. time man yeah absolutely yeah it went really well actually and there is a jam every fourth sunday of the month now that would be this sunday except that it's not happening this sunday so uh, if you want to go to handlebars by all means do but there's no jam this sunday um but uh, there's one every other month so there'll be one in june but uh yeah, this Sunday. Um, I, I run it, so I'm away, so it's not happening this Sunday. But if you want to go and check out an awesome biker bar, swing by. It's got great food. Burnsy does the food there. He's there every day cooking up some uh, some great food. And uh, there's a whole bunch of different beers on tap. And, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, a family-run local place. So if you want to support local and go and check out a uh, Jupiter piece of the furniture that's been there for years and years, um, go check out Handlebars Bar and Grill. Um, this podcast is also brought to you by Oasis Root Carver Bar. This is a, uh, a carver bar in, uh, in Seagrape Square on Indian Town Road. So it's the, if you're Indian Town Road and alternate A1A, it's the northeast um, corner. Um, of Indian Town and Norton A1A. And uh, if you don't know anything about kava, it's a Polynesian root, and uh, they grind it up and they mix it with water. And, uh, you know, it sort of has a, a sort of relaxing properties, and um, it's was used ceremonially in uh, Polynesia for, you know, probably thousands of years. And uh, it recently has become popular in the United States. It's something of a subculture that's springing up all over the place, especially in Florida. And... Um, Whereas some of these places are kind of, I guess, almost like a kind of club environment, Oasis Root is more, it's kind of more of a cafe vibe. And it's pretty chill in there. Um, it's open from uh, 8 a.m. to uh, 1 in the morning every single day, including Sundays. So uh, if you're looking for somewhere to go um, almost any hour of the day, Oasis Root might be your destination. Um, they're pretty cool because it's kind of like a bar, except no one is drunk, which uh, for me, being someone who doesn't drink, is quite nice, actually. So if you want to go and check out um, Oasis Root Carver Bar, um, go and go in there and say hi to Jim, the guy who runs it. He's a big supporter of the podcast, and uh, we really thank him for uh, for supporting the pod. We It means a lot to us. So thanks a lot, Jim. And uh, yeah, that's our sponsors for the week. Um, you just tell us a little bit about the songs you just played us, mate. All right. Nice glasses, so, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Steve, you want to fire that off? Uh, so Waves. Yeah, so Waves of Splendor is the first song. Yeah, the well, the first little thing you heard was technically the intro to something that we did a long time ago uh, when we called ourselves Anti-Pop Psychedelic Surf Rock, uh, APSR <laughs> nice. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So that was us three getting together and just kind of being like really out there. 20 minute long psychedelic jams. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, do you remember what happened 14 minutes no. in? No. <laughs> Doesn't matter? No. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, and then it went into a song that we call Waves of Splendor. And it's basically about, yeah, it's basically about like our band and how we were in this, that pool company warehouse and we loved it. And we were so grateful to be there, but we were needing our own space. We needed our own environment, you know. And and we were able to acquire that, which is great. It's also about the bandmates joining, um, Josh being the bass player. Actually, my girlfriend, Kayla, was in the band for a little while. She was a singer for us. 
she um she was in it maybe for eight or nine yeah months. she inspired us to sing she did we were like a band that had no singer for a long yeah. time i right. mean i don't know if we would consider ourselves a band at that point but we were playing together but there was no microphones in the room mm-hmm. we were just like playing instruments and then we did get mics a little bit later on and then she joined and she was like this really awesome vocalist so she kind of pushed us to like try to sing more a little bit even though she might not even know she did mm-hmm. um so yeah Next thing you know, we start dating. She leaves the band because we were going to start dating. And we all, the whole band agreed uh, that it would be better if she wasn't in the all band. Right. Yoko situation. <laughs> One relationship at yeah. a time. So, uh, <laughs> so that song, though, it has like a, a really nice sentimental value for us because it's about, you know, us at a very like adolescent time of our band. Like when 59 Shop was, I think we made that song before 59 Shop might have even been called 59 Shop. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So and then obviously when we kind of kept going, the song changed a little bit, added a little bit of this and there. Um, yeah, we hardly play it live nowadays. You know, I mean, we do, we do, but, but it. I feel like it it began acoustically, so it is funny to come back in here and and play it acoustically because yeah, that's, that's awesome. not something we've done in a long time. You know? I've never cool. played a cajon on it too. Oh, that's true. This is like Steve's second time playing. I've cajon. never really played cajon. But <laughs> I love it though. Last week was the first time, right? Yeah, <laughs> last week yes. was the first yes. time. Take two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm down to keep it up. Is that um, your cajon? No, it's actually my girlfriend's cajon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's shout killer cajon. Shout out, killer, yeah. shout out Balatovas. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, no, and then, you know, it goes into, we did ups and downs, right? Yeah, it might be worth talking about. So, so that song is usually a two part song, uh, waves of splendor, which is like, Mm. you know, our breaking free of the warehouse. Like we need a place to call our home We're you know, we were getting, like Steve was just saying, we were getting kind of like some rules where we were at. We didn't, we definitely felt welcome, but we wanted to spread our wings more in this space, have our own place. So that song kind of helped us and like motivated us really mm-hmm. like For get sure. our own space. But so we didn't play it just now, but we'll we'll play a song that we call Lola's Wrath after where it gets a little bit heavier. You know, it, not a little mm-hmm. bit. It gets like a lot heavier. Right. And yelling at you. Boy, you better run. Right. So <laughs> yeah. so that song was actually started from or how, how did it even come up really? Like, I remember it was like one of the jams. Uh, after you after? had got back, he got attacked by two dogs while, while he was working pool, at the pool, the pool company. company. Yeah. Oh, a pit bull, nice. so another crap. dog, you know, like, <laughs> here, got me here, yeah. opened my thumb up quite a bit. Wow. I kind of, there was a while where, this I don't want to get too gruesome, but there was a while where this was going down and the dog had my thumb in its yeah. mouth. Yeah. And I was thinking like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to use my thumb anymore. Son like, of a bitch. We're talking about like a beefy pit bull sure. where I don't have health. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they lock their jaws too. It's like impossible oh, yeah, to man. open their I, mouth. I was, so what happened was like I'm here trying to get my thumb out. <clears throat> the other dog comes up and grabs me here. So I have a dog on me Jeez. here hanging God. off me. Oh, I have my thumb man. in this pit bull's mouth. I'm screaming. There's yeah. – <laughs> I'll stop there with the details. <laughs> so cool you're like, this is the end of 59 Shop, man. <laughs> I, I remember, like, right after that moment when, so from my yelling, the woman who owned the dogs comes out and gets them off of me. And, like, of course, I was locked in there because the fence, like, closed and locks from the inside. So I had a neighbor open it for me. I'm, like, covered. 
in yeah. in blood. Sure. And the neighbors looking at me like, "This is not okay. You're not okay. You're not okay." And I'm like, "I'm fine. Like I need to go to the hospital." And like I'm just going like this, just making uh, sure I can still move my thumb. Like uh, I didn't know if I could because yeah. it was you know it was shredded deep. Up, yeah. It was shredded. It was pretty it was bad. Gnarly. It was definitely gnarly. So that song, the dog was actually named Lola. So right. we call that song <laughs> Lola's Rat. <laughs> Steve's like, like, "Boy, you better well, he, run." He, like, he did like the riff, and like I'm just thinking in my head like. He just got recovered from this dog bite. Like, you better run, Bob. So I was just yeah. like, boy, you better run. Right. Like, and then it just kind of stuck. And it was like, yeah. And then we go to this, like, major part where kinda resolves it, a it, it resolves it a bit. And, like, this was, like, the happiness of, like, the – they said everything's going to be all right. You know, I went I – w- I stayed in the hospital for four days because really? – Yeah. Like, they sewed me up initially. And that was a giant mistake because I almost went septic from yeah. – from, the you know infection so um basically everything was all right they actually visited me in the hospital do you want to tell them a little bit about that it was a good time (laughs) (laughs) um i think there was a bottle of jaeger involved we may have brought a bottle of jaeger that's probably why i don't remember so much (laughs) i mean we came and visited you and we we were chilling for like two hours and you told us all about it 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 was it was nice for me to to be able to like kind of tell the story really to, yeah. to like my friends and then like I, everything was always going to be all right like i don't want it to sound like this was like some awful thing like it, it was it was all right but yeah. like that that moment like when they came and i hadn't seen anybody in three days and or any of like my close friends and they come and it's like everything's going to be all right and then those lyrics made it into the song and right, cool to this day when we're singing that i'm just in my head like when when we're yelling boy you better run <laughs> i'm like i'm like right back to that moment yeah, yeah. and then we resolve and it's like it's I've really got a few awesome. tunes like that you know it's mm-hmm. kind of all biographical tunes that just take me right back there for sure i actually yeah. love that yeah so um the next thing we're going to do is take it. That, that was such an interesting story. I, oh my god! I, I, I'm so sorry that happened to you. You've been <laughs> so through the wars, good. mate. Uh, yeah, all sorts it, of things that happened to you. Yeah, it's crazy. Like in in there's always something like beautiful on the other side. Every yeah. single time. Hell yeah! I think. Well, aside from COVID happening, like pretty soon after that, <laughs> it takes uh, rain for grass to grow. I always say. So, yeah, you know. really. And, and I think like right after that, when I was able to play again, I. Is it my time frame right? Did we start playing gigs after that? Like, yeah, we, I think we were getting ready to try to play. We gigs weren't even playing gigs yet. I think when that was song Kayla, was right? Because uh, Kayla was when we played our first gig. She kind of helped us yeah. play yeah, the very yeah. first gig we ever right. play. And you were that was paid. You were in the hospital four days, but how long were you out of commission as far as like not oh, being able to play? A few weeks. Or? Uh, it did take a while to heal. Yeah. yeah, more than two weeks though. It, Quite a maybe, I would say like a month. Yeah, I would imagine. But it, it, it's while, not yeah. my, it's not, it's my picking hand. So yeah. like I'm, able, I was able to hold a pick pretty quickly. You right. just duct taped you know. it to your fingers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you recovered amazingly quickly. Yeah. Like I, you were playing, we were jamming, and I didn't even think it was real. You, yeah, maybe it wasn't a month. To. It was less than a month. It I thought it was like two weeks or three weeks. weeks. Yeah, three weeks cool. maybe. Yeah, whatever. It, mm-hmm. it was amazing, Bob. So. Maybe the power of music healed you up. So, um, yeah, yeah, let's take a look at your pedal board, Rick. I, oh, it's my so favorite. I, nice. I have already <laughs> seen it because we did this last week, and it is hands down my favorite board that's come on the show. We've had oh, a lot of amazing boards on the show, but I love this one. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Oh, absolutely. Start with well, the let's, let's start from the very beginning because um, I started out without a board, of course. I, I bought a loop pedal and uh, had a couple other random, like, 
you know, pedals that I just would bring in a bag over to Steve's house before we were abandoned. I'd dump them all on the ground and, you know, <laughs> find buttons missing. We're like, I'll oh, screw it. It's fine. I don't need that button. It's already on. <laughs> so, you know, one day, uh, me and Steve are just hanging out um, pre band. We're not a band yet. And we went to Guitar Center and uh, we left. I realized hours later I forgot my phone. Um, even more hours later, I mention it. <laughs> yeah, we were at the beach. I was chilling. It was like great. I was like, I think it's at Guitar Center. If not, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just gonna. He did say very relax. relaxed. He was relaxed. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I left my phone at Guitar Center. I think. Meanwhile, we're like, you know, at the beach. Guitar Center, Okeechobee is like kind of far. Sure. Like, yeah. It's like, like let's leave right we now to like get your phone. <laughs> way out by like Hammock Beach, which is way out in Delray. Yeah, somewhere in, like, in Boynton Delray area. Yeah. So. so we go back to Guitar Center, of course, and. um I walk in and there's a guy who's selling a bunch of stuff. He's selling selling this Schecter guitar. He's selling a pedal board case. He's selling like a pedal board, a bunch of pedals. Well, he'd just gone in there with a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he right. went in there with a bunch of stuff that maybe he never got around to becoming a musician, but like he had uh, he had funding to try. Sure. I don't know. Right. That's what it looked like, you know. And he, he just runs in. I, I'm like waiting in the car for him, right? And he like runs in to go get his phone. And like next thing I know, he's like running back to the car, and like he like opens the door. He's like trying to find like his wallet, and I'm like, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I need my wallet. So I'm like, okay. So I turn off my car, and like I follow him in, and like the dude is like holding like all this gear and stuff, and the guy behind the counter at Guitar Center. I was gonna buy a pedal off of him, a wah pedal, because I hadn't have one yet, and yeah. they were gonna give him something crap like thirty five dollars, and I'm like, I'll give you. I'll give you forty. Yeah, I think it was even less than that. Like if they were going to give him like twenty dollars, I'd be like, I'll give you twenty five. Right, the Vox, the Vox classic. Yep. Yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah. well, I was just going to say, you know, he's he's holding all this stuff and he's going to buy this pedal from him, which you wound up buying from him. But then the guitar center employee is like, "Yo, like these are like really good dudes to give this stuff to." So that guy, oh, cool, just gave us like the pedal board box. Like, I mean, he gave you. You probably know better what he gave you. Some of the specifics. Oh like, wow. Yeah, I mean, he, he gave, gave us a, a bunch lot. of cables. A bag full of cables, oh, a wow. whole pedal board box that had, like, Damn, a pedal board score, um, thing that oh, you can velcro time. all your pedals to. Uh, yeah, like a happy, pedal like train a, or whatever. A happy guitar set yeah. of story. Yeah. <laughs> extra, oh, extra batteries and stuff. It wasn't even like, real. Like, yeah, batteries, a yeah. bunch of... I already said cables, but there were yeah. so many cables. He was a whole bag of cables and I'm still using them. That was, like, the beginning of the, like pedal board thing for right, him for sure and it was like he had like a whole pedal board that was not touched yet the velcro was still in the plastic in yeah. the box he, and then the case he was gonna like keep it he was like oh maybe i'll just save it and i'll put money in it one day or something <laughs> and i'm like all right that's cool you know like i'll go buy one <laughs> <laughs> so then he just kind of like ah oh, screw it what am i gonna sell this case so that's this board yeah, so that this board right here is that one that like, I got. Uh, at minus Center. the pedals. Minus the, pedals the pedals have come and went. What it's mounted to, though, is the yes. original thing that he actually gave yeah. us. So let's start at the top left. Thanks for work. starting at the top left. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd do that again. <laughs> went well last time. Yeah, exactly. So the top left, there's, it's a tuna. Tuna. Yeah. Tuner. <laughs> the tuna. 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 Very it's, nice. It's pretty simple. You painted that, right? My girlfriend painted it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, we, yeah. She never finished because I had the jam that night, so I just brought the pedal back, and then it's just been like this phone tag of, hey, do you want to paint the pedal tonight? I'm not going to be home. <laughs> oh, man, I brought it already. It's fine. Gotcha. So that's the tuner. Yeah. It's nothing interesting. What's Next the one's the orange? phaser, the yeah. orange one. That one is amazing. It's like a beautiful pedal. Like phase, uh, let me think, Frank Zappa. A yeah. lot of David Gilmore songs yeah. have that exact pedal on it. Yeah. Uh, next one's a distortion. That one doesn't exist on my board anymore. Okay. So it's not it's not important. Okay. Replaced it with an EQ pedal. <laughs> We're going totally out of order. Like if if there's any like pedal board nerds out there, there's uh, 
we're not going to get into the series <laughs> of what goes into what quite yet. Um, well, it's the octopus fella. What's right. that about? Yeah, so, you know, skip over. Well, there's a wah pedal. We all know what a wah pedal is. This octopus pedal, it's by this uh, this guy out in L.A. who just makes, like, custom pedals. And they're kind of like uh, to solve, like, a bunch of these, like, random problems, creative problems that you would have making a pedal board. Right. So I get to split my board into two halves, like, with one of the knobs, like, controlling some of the pedals and the other knobs controlling the rest of my pedals, like, and, and it's a volume. So I have it split to where I have all my distortions and, like, gritty effects on one half of the octopus. And then I have, like, my delays and reverbs and pitches on the other side so i can mix the two accordingly have like a really strong distorted signal and also have this more washy thing underneath i can mix accordingly cool and that works amazingly that octopus pedal is amazing yeah then and it doesn't got, do anything you've it's got just, that keely dark side which i've just been quietly obsessed with and 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 uh from talking to you last week um, it, all of my suspicions have been confirmed that I do, in fact, need to get one. <laughs> it's super cool. I, I'm actually impressed and surprised all at the same time that we had this conversation you last week. An entire week has gone by, and you do not have this pedal. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to say, and so I've already purchased this pedal <laughs> now <laughs> from last week. Could you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, super awesome. So, like, one half has fuzz, and the other half has a bunch of modulation. The idea of that pedal, it's called the dark side, has a black triangle on it. Yeah. It's supposed to uh, be able to recreate every tone on dark side of the moon. Yeah. Guitar tones and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it does it does its job. It really yeah. does. It really cool. does. It's a, there's a learning curve, because you can't use everything at once all the time. You kind of switch between certain settings. Yeah. What's the... Um I, I I asked you this last week, but obviously um, no one who's listening to this will know that. <laughs> so what's the um, it? Can you get how heavy can you get with the fuzz with the the gain kind of tones on there? Does it does it kind of go it gets it gets heavy use? enough to where I'm not even touching my guitar and it's just feedback. Like I'll take my gotcha. hands off and like feedback and loudness and grittiness and I'll play one note and it's like yeah. Because I think down. part of the thing that I was wondering was that, you know, was it going to have enough beef for me? Like if I wanted to use it like in I, I'm playing a ska punk band called No Name Ska Band and I was wondering if it was going to have oomph for that. But it sounds like it does. It does. Oh, yeah. man. And like that level knob, like the volume on the fuzz is so sensitive. Yeah, cool. I like to set mine really high and set my guitar volume down. So I'll like swell my guitar up as I hit a note. So it sounds like a violin coming in like oh, yeah. loud. Sick. I usually play my guitar like at two or three volume, like on the guitar itself. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'll like play with the volume as I'm hitting notes, especially like playing lead and right. Like yeah. and it allows me to have like that, that searing like. Sure. Yeah. It just the gets louder. Like sort of never ending sustain type. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When my guitar is on 10, it's like, don't even pick it up. It's just yeah, crazy, right. <laughs> yeah. crazy amount of force behind it. That's awesome. What's, so, what's the little guy next to the dark side? That allows me to put pedals in between the two buttons on the dark side. Okay. Probably losing people here. <laughs> so we're going to get real complex. It is complex. You know, like I wish we can see the underside because the absolute nest of cables there is. Well, that's the thing that I've, I'm really fascinated by with this is that, you know, it like you were saying um, last week, that it's greater than the sum of its parts. There's, there's pedals on there, but just the way that you've got them sort of put together means you just have got a bazillion different options of what you can do with it right for sure yeah. with a combination of like the octopus and i guess i mean everything else but mostly the octopus like it lets me uh just isolate certain sounds you know and yeah. kind of hold them and uh 
so I mean, let, let, let's get into like this bottom corner with these three petals. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's where that's the second half of the octopus. Like there's the the right half with all the distortion and all the lead tone, and then there's the left side with all the the bottom three corner pedals. And that's a pitch, delay, a reverb. The one on the bottom left is uh is from like this smaller company called Old Blood Noise Endeavors out of Seattle, I believe. Right. And they make the craziest stuff. Like and it's a cool name, Old Blood Noise Endeavors. I remember that. They're out there. They're really out there. Both in the stuff that they do, the videos they make, and they're just a lot of fun. It's fun to watch their videos because they're all really awkward, and it's like <laughs> they just hit play and try to describe something after taking huge bong rips. It's really great. It's it's a wholesome. That's joy how to you watch. know they know what they're doing. <laughs> That's why I like them. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to like them. Yeah, so I bought yeah. this pedal, and it's amazing. It's like a tremolo reverb. Has like this weird like filter phase reverb cool. that I can like you know, has two buttons on it. One of them holds the note forever and I can change the speed of the tremolo while the note's being held. So right, I can do a yeah. lot of keys style stuff. One of the things you were explaining to me last week, which I thought was really cool, was that you, um, you'd have the reverb trails coming off of the, the, the high pitch tone right. from, your, from your pitch shifter. Yes. But then like, but then you can't hear that. So, so the, you've got the tone from your guitar, but then the reverb of a pitched up tone. Yeah, so, so the pitch really shifter... Since it's on the left half of the octopus, it doesn't affect my lead tone. Yeah. So it's, the pitch shifter is kind of just hitting the reverb. Yeah. So it turns into like this really high pitch reverb if I want it. That's like shimmering and like yeah. oscillating speeds as I you know turn to. It's crazy. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like a mad scientist. <laughs> that's so cool, man. It's the uh, yeah. international and slick stations. <laughs> oh yeah, it's really cool. And I I absolutely love like having having the ability to uh, hold one note and like change the speed of like the modulation on the note i love that and just having a pad underneath to like solo above yeah you know or over i guess yeah for sure that i I have that electro harmonics freeze pedal and it's just it's by far and away my favorite pedal it's amazing the amount of dreaminess you can make with that yeah i kind of use it because we play sort of you know a lot of folk music and irish music i i use it almost you know like a folk drone like almost like a bagpipe you know what i mean i play over the top of that but um, all right. So, what have you guys got coming up in the future? Then, anything uh, that we need to know about gigs or uh, or um, you know, like recordings, anything like that? So, is it May twenty seventh? Twenty eighth. No, I think it's twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. Like third and third. Number. Yeah, May twenty seventh, third and third. We're playing. And okay, great. We're gonna take a little break after that because I'm kind of going on a Europe vacation. So very nice. Nice. Are you that, going to where I'm from. Probably not. America's never go. England. Where are you from? England. England? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll stop there. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. We're going all over the place. But uh, yeah. I think this, this 27th show will be our last show for like, you know, a little while. So we're going to try to get all of our friends there, everybody out there, third and third. Yeah. Nice, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no right. Third and third, no right. Shout out third and third. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Big up third and third. We love playing there. We always have a great time Such there. a good spot, man. Oh, it's yeah. so yeah. fun there. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. that's a cool Just setup. Get a sneak man. in a shout out for since we're talking about thirds, third and third. Sons of a tradesman. Uh, yeah, first time we ever up. played at third and third was with them. So yeah, shout out to them for sure. For absolutely, taking us under their wing. Big friends of the pod and the good good guys. Absolutely, yeah, really good guys. So what we got going on then? We don't have too much going on. I think we're playing uh, Mago Malley's on Friday. Yeah, that's it. And I, I think that's it. You're going I, away or something? I have a, I have a gig. Um, I was going. I don't think I'm going away anymore. I have a gig um, on Sunday, Sunday. from eleven thirty to three thirty at Cork, Cork in Hope Sound, and so it's going to be the first gig where I use the my new uh, 
Looper, I got a Boss RC nice. 600. Nice. Oh, dude, it's so good. Yeah, it's sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just got it, and I'm, I'm going to, it's going to be my first gig with it. So if anyone wants to see me struggling with electronics, <laughs> come see me play. <laughs> it's like just had a pedal gasm when he heard what kind of pedal you were going to use. <laughs> right? like, oh, man. No, it should be all right. I've been messing around with it a fair bit. So the cool thing about it is that it has um, onboard effects. So actually, I'll be struggling less with electronics because I won't have my board and the looper, just the looper. Oh, yeah, you hope, anyways. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Cross fingers, it all go without a hitch. Theoretically speaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for coming back. Yes, thanks for yeah, coming back. Thank you, guys. No, it's, yeah. yeah, it was a pleasure. It was yeah. a good time. Yeah, sick. Start. All right. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys play. I'm sure it's coming in the, down the pipes in the near future. And um, you're all real charming lads, and it's been a pleasure. Thanks, yeah. you too. As, yeah. as usual, we will have all the uh, all the links uh, for Fifty Nine Shop in the uh, show notes. We'll have a website and Facebook and anything else you guys have, Instagram, whatever you yep, guys Instagram, have. All, all that stuff mainly. will be all in the yeah, it'll all be in the show notes. It'll all be on the show notes for uh, both the video and the podcast side. And uh, as always, please like, subscribe, and um, s- send us money. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Peace. Peace.